Be patient then, my brothers and sisters, until the Lord comes. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So after that first part of the letter that was kind of written to the rich people but not, James picks this back up and is now starting to speak directly to the Christians. He says, you know, in that first bit of the chapter, you see them? Yeah, don't be like them. But on the flip side of that, the rich oppressors were actually oppressing the Christians themselves. But it's in this moment where James tells them to be patient. Now, I don't know about you, but I actually find patience verses in the Bible really hard to deal with. Um, They always seem to trip me up. I am absolutely not a patient person. It doesn't come natural to me. In fact, I'm completely convinced God has a sense of humour because it fell on me to do this talk today. I'm, I'm the kind of guy that, you know, picks up a book, gets a third of the way through it and goes, yeah, I get it. Thank you very much. Uh, give me a blog any day. If you can't tell me it in 300 words, don't tell me it at all. That, that is the kind of guy I am. So when it comes to patience and enduring, I have actually been schooled on this over the last four weeks as I've been trying to prepare this. So please take this from someone who is actually just learning how to do this himself. And it's something that I really have to work on. So I'm not an expert. Uh, on this, th- this topic. This is a come with me together as we learn what on earth patience and enduring could look like in, in the church. So James gives us this really simple yet hard instruction to follow. You too be patient and be strong in your hope because the Lord is coming soon. James is essentially saying Whatever situation you're in, whatever you're going through, hold on to the promises of what God has said. Hold on to what Jesus has promised. It's easy to forget for us, and I think we do it quite a bit, to forget that you know, Jesus is, is going to return. That is an absolute truth that Jesus is coming back. And it is a great truth. It's a fantastic truth. We often, you know, look back and go, Jesus has died for us. And, he, and we look in the moment of what Jesus does for us now, that he forgives us and we're, you know, we're guilt-free and we should have no shame and we live in power and we should go out and tell the world the great things that Jesus has done. And all are absolutely fantastic things. But the end part of that story is Jesus is coming. And it is a fantastic end to the story that one day Jesus will return. And what James is telling us in this passage is look forward to that moment. Look forward to that moment when Jesus comes and restores this earth. So James uses three stories to, 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 to work out what this looks like. The first of those is the farmer. So the farmer plants his seeds, he 
I have no idea what farmers do, but they kind of like, you know, it looks as though they move some dirt around and they uh, like throw some seeds and they have those big tractors that look kind of cool and clog up our country roads. And they, they, that, that is their day job. And they then they do all that and then they have to just wait. They're at the mercy of the rain to come and water the plants so that the plants would grow and they actually have a livelihood. So we can take this in our, I, I don't know if there's any farmers among us, but we can apply this to, this is our everyday worries in life. For a farmer, his everyday worries are, will it rain? Is it sunny enough? Are my plants gonna grow? Did I do the right thing? Did I plant the right seed? Did I? There's a whole host of things that he has to worry about. And for us, these are our everyday worries. What if I don't get a job? What if I don't buy this house? Uh, if I don't take this opportunity, will there be, uh, be another? What if I don't get a girlfriend? What if I don't do enough work on this report? What if uh, I, I don't pass my exams? We're all caught up in our everyday worries. I don't know what it is for you, but we all have our everyday worries that we go through. But James uses this farmer as an example. In your everyday worries, look forward to the fact that Jesus is coming back. I know today it could, be, it, it could be really stressful for you and you're really worrying, but don't worry. It's a short period of time. Look forward to the day that Jesus is coming back. Don't get bogged down in these everyday worries, James tells us, but be patient. Be patient through it all. I think we have a tendency to, to get caught up in our everyday stress, really. I, I know I'm, I, I hold my hand up on this, that in the everyday stress of things, we get so focused on us, so focused on what's going on in our heads, so focused on what's going on uh, around us, we almost become inward and think only about that. It's really easy for that to be all-consuming. And actually, James gives us a really practical tip to get that focus off ourselves and look forward into the future. And even if you looked at the body language of it all, oh, I'm thinking about myself, I'm thinking about itself, look forward, immediately you're standing taller, you're standing firmer, and you're looking forward to that moment that Jesus comes back. When we take the focus off ourselves and onto that, that moment when Jesus returns, things actually seem a bit easier. And this short while that we are here in this earth seems almost bearable because Jesus is coming back. So that's the first example. The second example he uses is of the prophets. So the prophets were the guys in the Old Testament which were essentially the bringers of bad news. I feel quite bad for them actually. They always, always had to bring a bad message to people. Stop doing this. Jesus has told, or God has told you to do this. And they got absolutely, like, torn apart, really, in, in those days. From just being ridiculed, and that was the tamest side of things, to being killed and murdered for, for what they did. They went through the whole heat of anything that people could throw at them. Now, again, we live in a society that... In, in the UK, praise God, that we probably won't be killed but for our faith. But again, we can use the, the example of the prophets and apply it to our everyday. This is the, the worries of what will people think of me? What will people think of me? 
Will people get annoyed by what I say about God? Will they mock me? Will I lose friends? Will I seem less cool? Should I do X, Y and Z just to fit in? I really don't want to have to stand up for that again because I'm already sticking out like a sore thumb. I'm going to get a bit of a reputation for being weird. I've got to make Christianity seem at least somewhat cool. I really care what my boss thinks. I'm not really happy unless others like me. If I get this outfit, maybe people will comment about how good I look. Maybe not. (laughs) I was hoping for a whistle or something. Come on. Thank you. But again, James says, look at the prophets. Look at the heat that they took for what they did. But still, they took God at his promise. Okay, God, you said you're going to be with me. You say this is what you want to tell the people. You say you're coming back. I'm in. I'm going to do it anyway. And the passage here tells us that we actually count those as blessed that, that did that. We count the prophets as blessed of what they did. Now, it's worth noting here, some of the prophets did die. Prophets still, st- still got ridiculed and they still had to push forward and, and be patient through that. So as a side note, I think we often confuse happiness and being blessed as the same thing. But let's just look at it. Happiness is a completely subjective emotional response to something. And it's a great thing. I love being happy. But being blessed is completely objective. And it's the unalterable approval and favour of God. Subjective emotional response, unalterable, approval and and, uh, favour of God. So I think sometimes we don't even realise that we actually are being blessed. Because it's not an emotional response to things, we very easily can miss it. We can very easily miss it in the prophets, you know, they died for their faith, but actually God blessed them and, and raised them into glory with him. So let's learn from the prophets and let's keep following the hard path of what God says because we can look forward and and be strong in hope of what Jesus has promised, that he is coming back. And finally, the the final story is of Job. If you don't know the the story of, of, of Job, he was a guy in the Old Testament who basically lost everything. His family, his, his friends, his house, all his money, all his livestock, all his livelihood. He lost it all. Now, I find it really interesting that Job was actually even included in this bit about patience. Because if you read the story of Job, it's a good 28 chapters of him complaining. Like, genuinely, he, like, I, I know he suffered so much, but my Lord, did he moan about it. And... It seems really strange here that James picks this guy up as an example of patience. Often we think of patience as uh, water off a duck's back, as being able to stand and go, oh, say what you want, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And it's this really calm, cool, collective guy that never seems to be swayed by anything. But if we actually look a bit closer at this, the word patient in this of, in this verse of, of this passage is actually different to the ones at the beginning of the passage. The, the root of this, and in some translations they translate it as it, the, the root of it is actually much more closely linked to being steadfast, enduring, basically just get through it. 
So when we look at the, the example of Job, actually, the example is get through it. Endure it, my friends. I know it's hard, but be steadfast because the promise of God will outweigh everything that you're going through now. What is to come in the future when the Lord comes back completely outweighs what you're going through now. So for some of us, we actually, we're actually in that place. And I just want to just quickly pray for you, actually. We're in the place where we feel that everything's falling apart. So I just want to quickly pray that, that you'd have actually the, the perseverance and the steadfastness of Job. And that you'd be able to look forward in that hope of Jesus. So God, I just pray for people in the room that are actually feeling like that. That they're feeling that everything's falling apart. But God, I thank you that, that we can read in your words that we can take Job as the example of perseverance. And we know that you are full of compassion and mercy. So God, we pray for these people. We lift them up and we pray you strengthen them in the hope of you. Amen. So James presents us with this very simple instruction. Against anything, against everything, <clears throat> keep your eyes firmly fixed forward on what Jesus has promised. Keep moving forward, keep enduring, keep strong in that hope of Jesus. Because what is to come is absolutely mind-blowing.